Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from the internet in a couple of different places on video. You've got YouTube. On video, you've got Crowdcast. And on audio, you've got iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, the app of your choice. But later on, seems like too many to list. And I am broadcast, as always, I'm broadcasting broadcasting my hologram to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the place of my birth, (laughs) just to be there, come witness the hologram. Your does not look like Florida. No, no, he's broadcasting to there. There is an audience of alligators down in Fort Lauderdale that are called JT Alligators. The JT Gators. (laughs) The JT Gators. Gators, They're all wearing shirts and everything, which is hard to fit for an alligator, but they're having a great time. I pay someone to throw like some chum in their mouths, and then I, it's just me talking shit about comics. Speaking of the Gator Crew, how was your Father's Day? What? Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. You guys have never seen my children. They are part Gator. Right. Oh, um, right. I was born in Florida, so I of course married an alligator. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the you, how was Father's Day? Good. Yeah. I just uh, had a normal, average Sunday. It seemed yes. like you got drunk with your friends. That's what it was. That is what yeah, I did. Yeah, that's a fun Sunday. Normal average Sunday for me circa 15 years ago. Uh, it was Excellent. great. And Pete, do you have uh, anything Zelt? coming up over the next couple of weeks that are interesting on your end? Anything <laughs> going on with you? you no, I, I, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, I don't have uh, children of my own. But how was oh, your okay. father's day? Oh, don't have children of your own. That seems like that could really free you up to take some really interesting trips in the next two weeks or so. Oh, that's let's hope so. About? Let's hope so. You did don't you know have, if you are. Did you get drunk by yourself, Zelbs, or what did you? No, do? I went out with my family and my parents. And we had a really nice, relaxing day. It was just one day of that versus a whole week of relaxing and say some sort of upstate spa or something like that. Wow. That you sounds know? like fun. Yeah. Would you ever want to try anything like that, Pete? That seems go on an upstate spa trip for, for a me, week. That, you know, I it, think it, it, for you, it sounds great. You know, it doesn't seem like Pete. And that's why if it were happening, it would be super noteworthy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Worth noting. That's what noteworthy and I, I would like, also we got a correction. Uh, I am a cat dad. So uh, that, uh, that yeah, counts. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Um, and how was it with your cats for Father's Day? Did they give you a dead, de- decapitated mouse? Like I wish, I wish. No, I only have one cat, and uh, it still was a pain in my ass. But it was, it was nice. It was uh, nice another son. great, 
Another great question. What did Pip get me, Justin? Yeah. Uh, what did Pip get me? Uh, and he, um, as usual, just stared at me um, with bug eyes for six to eight hours. All day long. <laughs> don't slip. <laughs> Pip, don't slip. Not even a he little bit. He does not slip. That's his gift to me is never slipping. Yeah, it's pretty great. Now, as uh, we have been doing the past couple of weeks, I do want to make a shout out here at the beginning of the show to the drink of the show as picked, picked by our official chef, Brett Macris, uh, Stray Bullies. again from the Gotham City Cocktails Cookbook by Andre Darlington. Uh, this week we're drinking the Early Bird, which is mm. very delicious, very refreshing. Uh, it's supposed to be served at the Iceberg Lounge. To Ooh, yes, right. penguins, yes. penguins, penguins and crime lounge. And as you know, penguins love grapefruit juice, which this is mostly fresh squeezed grapefruit juice. Wow, it's very. You know, and penguins are like, oh, I wish we could get that stuff, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you want what you can't have. Exactly. Right. Uh, but here's something that we do have. You know what we do have is some amazing guests. Hey, that works on the show. They're today. the grapefruit juice of our show. <laughs> uh, so I'll tell you what. I'm going to invite the first two guests into the stream here. They Please are do. the creators of a new book coming out from Dark Horse on June 30th called Everyone is Tulip. That is weird, wild, trippy, totally awesome, uh, and I'm very excited to share maybe a little bit of it with you. Uh, we have Nicole mm. in the stream here and waiting for Dave to come in, but while while we're waiting for that, oh, Dave was rejected. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no. no, what Dave. did he do? Oh my God. <laughs> what did Dave do? I'm not sure. What did you there do to Dave? He's alive. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on. I'm very excited to talk about this book. Again, it's coming out June 30th, the trade paperback, I believe, from Dark Horse. Um, mm-hmm. Really loved the approach of it, the look of it, uh, everything. Uh, about it. I, I'm a little hesitant to talk about it just because it is coming out in a week, so I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, why don't you guys give the pitch? Why don't you tell people what the book is about and how it started to come together? Yeah, sure. So uh, it's a 200-page graphic novel written by me, illustrated by Nicole and the colorist Ellie Hall, and it is about a young girl from Arizona who moves to Los Angeles to try and become an actor and then gets sucked up into the high-stakes world of YouTube performance art, which is a real thing. Um, yeah. the, that's the what book. we're doing right now. We're streaming to yeah. YouTube, and we yeah. consider this. We're involved right? in the yeah. the low stakes world of YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> right. right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the cover right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the, the the main character Becca, um, she, she gets cast in this part playing a character in these viral videos, um, where she plays this character Tulip, who's this kind of like weird otherworldly fashion character. So every video is her looking at camera and saying, everyone is Tulip wearing these exorbitant extreme couture outfits. And these videos kind of uh, capture the public imagination and uh, it forces Tulip and the kind of little cadre of people around her that are making these videos to um, have internal dialogues about like, uh, how far are you willing to go? You know, how far are you willing to take this? Like, uh, are you willing to sell out to a massive corporation? Are you willing to risk it all for artistic integrity? So that the book is kind of about interrogating these themes of how far would you go to be able to get what you want. And um, it's a, a small ensemble cast, but primarily thrown through, shown through the, the kind of journey that Becca goes through, uh, through the, the seedy underbelly of the interwebs. 
Oh, God, we're living there right now. <laughs> yeah. um, we're in our own little boxes here. Um, I do want to uh, sort of an observation that I it seems like such a, uh, an obvious detail to me, to me, but it's so smart. Like the, the panel structure, um, you do a lot of nine panel pages that mirror the cell phone. Oh, um, yeah, and definitely. I, it seems so small, but I hadn't seen that before. And I think it going from that to sort of the, the more uh, wide panel stuff, I think it really gives you that sort of in and out of the digital world experience that I think is, is just so smart. Thank you. Um, how did that come about? Um, well, uh, Nicole and I have been talking about this book for a long time and that we're both very interested in uh, the, the visual language of comics and that cell phone thing. Uh, our, our books usually tend to be a kind of organic development process where I'm kind of, you know, usually like, what if we did this weird comics language thing? <laughs> and then Nicole's kind of like, oh, yeah. And then it could factor into this theme in the story. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe I'll hand it off to you, Nicole, and you can talk more about how we developed the cell phone thing. Yeah, so we actually started doing um, the cell phone mechanic in our previous book, um, called uh fuck off squad which is a kind of coming of age skater kid comic and um we realized that the shape of a cell phone or most people's cell phones now is almost exactly the same size as one panel in a nine panel grid and so i think we did like one page that had these that cell phone mechanic in the last book and we realized that was a really interesting and relevant way to kind of show communication through cell phones and then when we started making this book and it was so much about the internet and so much about being on your phone anyway we really were able to work that in kind of thread that through the whole book um and as you can see on this page we do these alternating uh diamond shapes or x shapes um with the um phone versus you know narrative panel that really kind of like are a metronome of kind of the moments that are happening in the story. Uh, yeah, I I was really impressed with the the layering of the art. There are certain panels that are just so beautiful, but the this the coloring choices also is telling like a lot of story. Uh, and, and this panel, I love the light that hits uh, Becca's face there. Mm -hmm. um, it's. Uh, it's really impressive and also like what's happening uh, above, like uh, where like the ads would be on the subway. Um, <laughs> can you just talk about like, cause you guys are really doing a great job of like m training my eye, how to read this comic as I can artistically, it feels like it's really leading the way. Can you talk about your collab and how kind of how you did that? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, go for it, Nicole. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that, um, I think one of the reasons, like, you know, we've been talking about this book a little bit on some podcasts because, you know, we're trying to get the word out about our comic that is distinctly not Hellboy, right? Um, <laughs> and Great subtitle. That's a good point. Great subtitle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was going to be a Hellboy title at first. <laughs> it was going to be Hellboy, and then it's not. And then it wasn't. Hellboy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, the, the I think, you know, the in the book, there are, there are these kind of... Um, themes that are in dialogue with one another. There's this idea of kind of like artistic reappropriation. There's this idea of kind of compromise or, or like personal integrity and what are you willing to do to, to get what you want. Um, and, uh, and then there's also this idea of just how the internet kind of impacts people and, and warps situations, right? And all of those 
narrative DNA strands have a visual component to it. Um, like the internet stuff is usually represented by this kind of teal blue color. So whenever there's something that's digital that appears, either the character is wearing that color or the background is that color or literally the phone is making that color. Um, and this is, those are all things that, you know, Nicole and I and our colorist, Ellie Hall, who did a wonderful job on the book. Um, which, yeah, she, she, she yeah. and Nicole um, designed the color palette and, and, you know, they both really just like breathed life into the thing. Um, and so, the, but all of those choices were made um, very intentionally to try and make a, a manicured or curated experience um, in the way that the, like we wanted the book to kind of be a reflection of the subject matter because people online are always curating their persona and they're always, you know, um, not showing you certain parts of their lives that might be a little jagged or hard edged or problematic or just easier, not easy to swallow, you know? And so we wanted the book to have those elements that would almost kind of come out of nowhere, right? Like you would be reading it and it would be a very specific, almost metronome-like style. And then the, the way the panels are presented to you shifts depending on what is happening in the story. This is a little, I'm trying to talk around some stuff because I'm not trying yeah, to no, spoil it. And I, I appreciate it because I think it's, uh, you don't want to spoil it, but I, if I can jump on that, like the the metronome or sort of the pacing, the everyone is tulip as a mantra that keeps recurring. Mm-hmm. Like it is, you're, you're sort of as, experiencing as a reader the way the internet sort of changes our brains in some ways, yeah. I felt. <laughs> and uh, that's sort of, then you get, you're getting it on so many layers. So that's nice. It's yeah, nice and that's, that's all Nicole and Ellie. Like, it's one thing for me to be like, I got this idea for a nine-panel grid. <laughs> yeah. And then for them to, like, execute it at the level that they did, I think is very, very, very impressive. And well, I don't know well, if I'd use the word all, but... <laughs> <laughs> and before you start a project like that, do you guys, like, sit down to discuss, like, at what point would you be like, hey, <laughs> no, like, this is too no much. discussion. Just start turning out pages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you guys Stay sit down and talk together. about the internet, or yeah, like how much you are into it, how deep you are, and like what you know. <laughs> Big what fan of you? the internet, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I used to really be into the internet, but then I kind of drifted away mm-hmm. oh, after wow. Jeff Bezos left Amazon. I was just like, this is so over. Oh, wow. You're a Bezos. huge Bezos fan. Huge wow. Bezos. Bezos head all the way, dude. Yeah. Bezos. Bezos for days. Yeah, we always say. I'm, I'm getting into space now since that's where he's going. So I care. Uh, this is something that we talk about quite a bit in, in different aspects here on the podcast, but I'm curious to get your take on it because it's obviously very relevant here. Um, the internet moves very quickly and changes very quickly. The pace of comic books is much slower than that. Um, how how did you embrace that with the book? Because I do think reading it, it does feel very relevant. It does feel very timely. But were there things you had to tweak, change, whittle, either from the writing or the art perspective to make sure that by the time it came out it would still feel of the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's little things here and there. Um, and you're right. The internet is incredibly fast-paced. And from the time we started this, where we were really focusing more on kind of these YouTubers and, um, you know, things like... YouTube. Uh, <laughs> don't hug me, I'm scared. And... Um, Dalvita. and uh, Poppy and all these kinds of people where now the conversation has actually shifted a little bit where it's less YouTube and more TikTok. 
but mm-hmm. all of the kind of themes and ideas and realities of the way that your life can change from being a regular person to all of a sudden overnight becoming viral, all of that stuff is still the same. So it's not like YouTube's gone away. So all of the things that we were dealing with essentially five years ago, because we started talking about this in 2017, wow. all of that mm-hmm. stuff is still kind of relevant. And yeah, we made some tweaks here and there and little things to kind of keep it updated. Um, but I've been working on it on and off the whole time. So, you know, I was drawing another book kind of in the middle of it. Um, but we were able to continue the work and the progress on it because it wasn't like we finished this two years ago and it's just been sitting around. We've been working on it the whole time and you can kind of shift things this way and shift it that way, you know? You're like, I think the the apps have changed, but it's still fucked up in the same way. (laughs) So I think we're going to be good here. Yeah. Well, my my brain is significantly more fucked up at this point because (laughs) I like... Five years ago, I was barely on Twitter, and now I have, like, a full-blown addiction. And, oh, wow. you know, I don't even really do TikTok. I do TikToks through Instagram, so just, like, mm-hmm. it's bad. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, if you're what old, do you- I don't even want to think about us then. Yeah, Pete has no idea it. what we're talking about right now. That's He's true. still stuck on whether you staple the pages together as they come out of the printing press. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Printing press. I, Nicole, I loved how you got exhausted when you said TikTok through Instagram. <laughs> You're just like, I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm I mean, there's a point at which I should probably just download TikTok, but I'm like, I don't need another app. I'm already on there all the time. But it's like, I'm already on there all the time. I should just do it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, just to keep going on the art perspective, I mean, we saw, if you're watching live, you saw this a little bit at the beginning, but there are so many different outfits that the main character goes through. How did you tackle those? Did you create those whole cloth? Did you base them on other things? How did it's you even based begin exclusively to... on my wardrobe. It's, oh, it's... wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Every day. yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. Very specifically, you are Tulip. <laughs> yeah. he, he, modeled, he modeled for all those drawings I have mm-hmm. oh, yeah. on my computer that's beautiful what a wonderful collaboration Rele- <laughs> release the photos release the photos yeah. <laughs> release the Dave's wardrobe cut yeah <laughs> bad, bad just as joke. valid just as valid <laughs> yeah. as the Snyder cut mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's longer though there's it's just mm-hmm. like nine wow. hours of me slow wow. motion throwing an arrow into a pyre it's like an Andy Warhol movie, but yeah. for Dave's wardrobe. Yep. <laughs> wow. Time is no um, longer a barrier, Dave. Let's keep it going. <laughs> well, um, you have great taste in uh, clothing, I guess. Congrats, Dave. I mean, there's some really banging outfits in this thing. I mean, the, my favorite is the one with the chair for a hat. I yeah. love that mm-hmm. one so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I just completely derailed Nicole's eloquent answer, though. I was just like, oh, I'm going to be dumb. <laughs> well, that's the concept Welcome of the show. Welcome to the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's, sorry, it's Nicole. It's nothing groundbreaking. It, you know, it, it's a combination. The answer is it's it's some of it's from my imagination. Some of it's from, you know, doing a bunch of research on Okator uh, runway shows. Some of it's, you know, Ooh. directly inspired by some of these YouTubers who are making stuff. And so I, I just kind of took bits and pieces from all these places and mushed them together and then, you know, tried every, every like couple I'd get bored and be like, what's the weirdest thing I can think of now? You know, it was, it was just as far as I could push my imagination to do these strange outfits. 
it's funny because we got our um, artist copies this week, and it's been a while since I really sat down and looked at the book. Ooh, yes, there it is. It's so beautiful. It's shiny. Yeah. Wow, book for so cool. <laughs> but I, you know, I hadn't looked at most of those drawings in a while, and I, I was going through being like, some of these are really weird and funny and dumb. Like. <laughs> Good. That's great. Yeah, that's what yeah. I I like about it. It it does. It feels like, and that's what the internet is like. It it all goes in different little pockets. So I, the way mm-hmm. that you guys sort of visualize that, I think, is very on on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should see the script for that shit. It's just like point one. Everyone is tulip. I don't know. Draw whatever you want. Point two. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is tulip. I don't know. Draw whatever you want. I, wow. I copy mean, paste. Copy paste. I think it's more like. And so who wrote this? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's literally like that. Seems those, like those... she did all the work, man. Yeah, I mean there there are there are there are components where I pulled my weight. That was not one of them. That was that was that was here, one you where I would do like, all of this here. Yeah. You do this. Yeah. Uh, so I have an extraordinarily dumb question to ask, and I think probably mm. the answer is sort of it straddles the line, but. Do you like this sort of art? Like the sort of art that they're doing in the book, the everyone is tulip thing. I, obviously, it's going to be very divisive. Some people are like it, some people are not. And I'm sure part of the book is interpreting how you feel about it. But I was curious if you could speak about that at all. I'll let Nicole go first and then I'll. I think there are versions of it that I really like. And, and the reason that we made this book is because we were watching these YouTubers and we're kind of fascinated, A, by the content that we're making and B, what are the lives of the people who make this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's, you know, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared is amazing. The poppy stuff is really interesting. There's a couple other people. And then there's, you know, the, the other version of it, which is, you know, the TikTok, you know, Bella Porch thing, where it's like literally a girl just like, <laughs> like what, what are you saying with that you're not saying anything or maybe not saying anything is the point and you know there there are, are reads on these things that make it more interesting if you want to dig deep and then sometimes it's really just like there's a there's a tiktoker that ends up on my wall a lot who her whole stick is just look at me being disheveled and a normal person that's the entire thing she doesn't have anything to say, really. She doesn't have any, like, message for any of her stuff. It's just, look, I'm normal like you. I didn't put on makeup today. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost thing. like there's like, a, there's, like, a whole genre of, like, intimacy porn where it's just, like, yeah. people being like, look, these are my stretch marks. Look, I have, you know, belly fat. Look, I have pimples. Look, I have whatever the thing is that they have. And it's, it's, it's a weird world where people are commoditizing their own faults to make everybody else feel better that they have faults, which inherently makes their faults this like weird, like, <laughs> like thing that we're all like covetous of. It's very strange. Right. And I, I think there's value to that. Do I enjoy watching it? <laughs> it depends <laughs> on who it is and what they're making, you know? Right. That whole yeah. thing feels like the overcorrection of like the uh, like we were talking about earlier, the perfection of yeah. Instagram curated Instagram yeah. feeds. And it's like now we're fetishizing sort of the fault. It's like we need to find a middle ground here, maybe where yeah. it's just. Yeah, completely. To be- and then you even have people like the, the one. The one that's very interesting to me, and I'm curious to see kind of almost morbidly curious to see where her story goes is uh, Belle Delphine 
who if anybody doesn't know is a e-girl who got really 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 famous like millions and millions of people on instagram and she has this kind of like gamer girl persona where she wears like bunny ears and she was she's very physically attractive and then she started getting all of these guys sexually harassing her online and so which sucks oh, it sucks oh, but then the interesting thing is what she did with that is she started monetizing that sexual harassment by making an OnlyFans where her OnlyFans was almost the opposite of a normal OnlyFans where she was like negging dudes where she would like dump cereal on her chest and like pretend that it, you know, do, do, I mean, it's obvious what that is supposed to look like. Right. Right. But it's this yeah. thing where it's, she's like using her own sexual agency to make fun of the men who are simping. Yeah. And then her story gets even more interesting because she starts making so much money on OnlyFans, like literally a million dollars a month on oh OnlyFans, that she then starts doing actual hardcore pornography, which is like, <laughs> it's this really like weird, circuitous, like kind wow. of sort of what our book is about, where it's this thing where like you just keep getting sucked in deeper and deeper and deeper, no sexual puns intended, <laughs> nice. where, you, where you just... You start losing your boundaries and you start losing the 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 north star of why you were even doing this in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And chasing the next thing and, and then sometimes the next thing is like, uh, well, I didn't see that coming. And sometimes the next thing is so much money you can set you and your family up for the rest of your life. But yeah. you also probably won't be able to hold a normal job ever again. So it's right. this weird like and I'm look, I don't give a shit if people want to do sex work. I think that's great. I think there should be, I guess it should be legalized everywhere. It's not a big deal. I don't think it's a big fucking thing. But it does have social trappings, which our culture is still reckoning with. Um, yeah. Which is a very, it's really interesting and why I kind of said morbidly curious to see where this story goes because it really feels like she's kind of almost like on the bleeding edge of culture in this weird way. Like she sold her bathwater for twenty five dollars a, a like a jar. Oh yes, now I I am familiar. That's with That's the thing that you could clicked into. <laughs> oh, Justin's yeah. like, oh right, <laughs> I have a bunch of it. I'm trying to fill a bathtub. <laughs> Susan, I love it. It's the only way right. you can do it. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I mean, you know, all of this is the, the internet has just fundamentally changed the way we live our lives to the degree that it's almost like most people's lives now have become this like searching and foraging for experiences to document to post online so other people can be jealous of the experiences they're having not yeah. actually living their lives and having a subjective human experience you know that's why i just stay on uh, zoom calls and crowdcast like, like <laughs> <laughs> you and me both easier. baby yeah <laughs> Uh, before we let you guys go, everybody should check out the book on June 30th. You've worked together before. You've worked together on this. This is finally coming out, not to push you onto the next thing, but is there anything beyond Everyone is Tulip that you guys are working on or that people should check out from you together or separately? Yes. So our next book together is um, called Forest Hills Bootleg Society, and it's coming out from Simon & Schuster in 2022, I think oh, nice. summer probably. Um, we don't have a release date yet, but it is about a group of high school girls who, in 2005, who decide to start um, selling bootleg hentai to their very Christian classmates at their, like, uh, Christian school in the middle of nowhere, California, and all mm -hmm. of the kind of logistics and 
uh, relationship stuff that goes along with basically running a black market business in their school. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's so cool. I'll definitely look for that. And everybody should check out Everyone is Tulip. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure talking. We'll check you out on Instagram slash TikTok, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See you in the we deep internet, gang. <laughs> Have a good night. Bye. Good night, guys. Bye. Great talking to you. All right. Once again, so cool. that was uh, Dave Baker and Nicole Gao from Everyone is Tulip. As we mentioned, June 30th from Dark Horse. It's great. I loved it. The art's great. The writing's yeah, great. Yeah, I mean... It was like, just looking, I mean, we read so many comics, it was just really nice to see how much thought went into not only like the design, but the the coloring and, and just, there were so many different, the more I looked at it, the more things there were to enjoy. So really impressively put together. You fell down an internet rabbit hole in this book, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, more I'm you like saw, the more you liked, and then you got deeper and deeper into it. Yeah, just like that interview, it got it got crazy. It just kept getting, you know. There you go. Yeah. Like Eduardo says here in the comments, the amount of internet lingo in this episode of CBC makes me feel like I'm at a seminar and I didn't do the reading. No worries, we'll explain. YouTube is videos. TikTok is shorter. YouTube. Wait, mm. done. Well, that's nice. Not... <laughs> good, good job, Grandpa. <laughs> no problem. Nailed uh, TikTok, it. I... Listen up, rest of the retirement home. I've got this one. <laughs> I talked to my granddaughter, and she said, you TikTok is shorter YouTube. And YouTube's like a TV show that happens on uh, your laptop. Okay, it's time for pudding. <laughs> it's not time for pudding. It's time for my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience question. Okay. Let's and in audience questions, you can ask us absolutely anything over on Crowdcast. Drop a question, ask a question on YouTube, drop a question in the comments, and we will get to it that way. Uh, but before we do, let's do what you drinking. I already yeah, talked about what I'm drinking. drinking. I got this early bird, which is making me very phlegmy with the grapefruit juice. I love it. Okay. Oh, great. What a nice feature. Yeah, that got weird. Oh, I don't oh, like man. it. But it's very tasty um, still. Uh, I do guys? love grapefruit juice. Um, I am drinking a beer by the name of uh, Kingston, uh, Kingston Brewing Company Standard um, Pale Ale. Uh, very good. Sort of a local brewery from um, uh, in the sort of Dutchess County area. Really oh, liking it. Okay. That sounds some old-timey Dutchess County. Uh, I'm drinking an Arnie well, Palmer. Ooh, Arnold Palmer, huh? Yeah, it's summer started, man. You know what I mean? Like, let's have some fun. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so what's uh, your what's your recipe for the Arnold Palmer, Pete? Um, you know, you go half, uh, well, not half, but you kind of go iced tea, lemonade, and then a lot of vodka. Mm. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Great. That's why I wanted you to share the recipe so people would get yeah, sort of yeah. in your, your mindset. Because we actually heard before we started the show, we heard you mixing that. And it was really nice to hear that it's just the sort yeah, of symphony. Little, of yeah, exactly. It's nice. It's a nice little kind of. Uh, we got a, by the way, a clarification from Eduardo. He says it was more like e-girl and simp, etc. Yes. Oh, uh, Justin, oh. you're our youth correspondent. Do you want to take those ones? True. I am the youngest member of Comic Book Club. <laughs> um, e-girl, didn't, wasn't e-boy uh, what, um, it was in Riverdale um, in the oh, chick. okay. All right. Who's the grandpa uh, now? Well, that's what I, I'm just trying to uh, He's show answering the we've question. All, sure. We've all talked about this before um, yeah. in various formats hmm. yes uh and uh simp is 
like a simpleton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for spelling that out. Wow. All right, Cypher. Way to really uh, <laughs> speak the language. Yep, I know what I'm talking about. Definitely. Good now, man. by the way, that's how Cypher is Alex's favorite character of all time, obviously. And that is how I think he talks in every comic book. Absolutely. This is from Kevin. As discussed today, comics can be very closely connected to their time. What are some of your favorite examples from decades gone by? Ooh, also, who's ready for a quiz question? Uh, Interesting. We'll get to the second part in a second. But first, uh, comics closely connected to their time. What are your favorite examples from decades gone by? I guess comics that were of their time. Yeah, that's an interesting um, question. Well, like obviously, every comic in the '90s syncs up to um, Third Eye Blind's uh, first album, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right, right. So right. that was very much of the time. Mm-hmm. It was a hard. It's hard to always do that to write toward that, but they did uh, every single time. Yeah, um, I do think like um, '80s comics have, and this is maybe maybe not quite accurate, but they always feel to me like there's they're just more heavy. The colors are darker. They're a little more heavy lines. And it feels like it speaks to the time of like high tension, cold war, everyone, uh, the vibe of Watchmen, basically like everyone's worried the world's going to end. So everything's a little like grittier. I mean, this is the same sort of thing. And this is not exactly the answer to the question either, but you know, 90, I can't think of nineties comics without thinking about like, the Image Revolution and Rob Liefeld and big chested screaming people and pockets. Yeah, exactly. And holographic well, covers and things like that. But mm-hmm. the, of its time, I mean, this is very specific, but the Barack Obama shaking Spider-Man's hand, that's of its mm, time. That's sure. nice. And we, let's not forget that um, pockets really became into their own uh, mm-hmm. in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. That was the first time. Do you remember... Yeah. I mean, we lived before that, so you remember pants didn't have pockets, and you'd go to put things in your pants, and they just fall straight down your legs. That's right. Straight what down. a disaster! <laughs> Rob Liefeld saved our saved our asses when it comes to holding stuff. Yeah, but um, the trade off was no more feet for anybody. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, Makes a lot of sense. So we had pockets, always, pockets, pockets for going, days, but no, yeah, yeah no, no pockets. going places. Yeah. Great! What a great would you rather to really explore? <laughs> would you rather have a hundred pockets but no feet? I feel like a hundred pockets. That's an easy one. Would you rather have a hundred pockets or no feet? Imagine the pockets. They could you could put anything in there. Tiny anything. Tiny anything. On one side, you have too many pockets. On the other side, you have no feet. Very even, don't you think? (laughs) Hard choice. Oh, Oh, you win again. The monkey's paw got me again. Great. Uh, Uh, Tell you what, do we want to do Kevin's quiz question today? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm going to invite Kevin on screen. We have been putting it off. You're going to do it in the middle of audience questions? We're going to do it in the middle of audience questions. Why not? Okay. Great. We'll see what happens. I think Kevin Um, is... So, while Kevin is getting ready... maybe just this up? Yes. uh, For the casual listener who might not know how deep this goes. (laughs) So, the short version is Pete did a secret quiz, then I did a secret quiz, then Justin did a secret quiz... Uh, and now Kevin, one of our many wonderful uh, audience members and supporters, yeah. has also created his own quiz, which is uh, the hardest quiz of all time. Yeah. We have yeah. completed maybe half of it, if I'm being generous to ourselves, possibly uh, like, like a tenth. 
Like, no joke. Last time we did this, we spent 40 minutes and we got like four questions. <laughs> Kevin, it's great to see you, though. How are you great doing? You. I'm doing okay. Glad nice. to hear it. Great. <laughs> so where are we on this quiz? What's going on? Uh, we are on question seven. All out right. Of, out of 10? 12. 30. 12? 12. Yep. Well, but the last one, remember, is the physical challenge question. Right. <laughs> yes. Let's not forget yeah, that. Yeah, let's not forget that. And let's remember, we will never get there. We will never get to that that final question. And I also had a few more puppets ready in case you, you want. Well, to uh, don't well. just say that. I mean, let's let's grab one and see what happens. Well, what I did was I got them into groups. So right, this right, right. group is my uh, realistic Folkmanis animals. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, that's the, that's the maker. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. Right, right, right. So, but they're realistic. You've seen animals. the sloth before. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, yeah. On the show. He's been on. Yeah. If I can describe and, that, it's like a nightmare. Yep. Yeah, the otter. Mm-hmm. Otter, obviously, just um, like just like Bobby. Back in twenty fifteen, I actually got this oh one. Oh my god, sketch. that's a nightmare. Well, because uh, uh, oh, don't put that one on. I was doing a, uh, I was a regular to sketch an improv show called BYOT, mm-hmm. and one of the uh, hosts of that, uh, one week after the show saw something interesting in the subway and took a video of it. Ah, there we go. So yes, we, the, pizza rat. It was Matt Pizza Rat. Matt Little so, is the the yeah. guy that shot the video of Pizza Rat. Oh, yeah. And so for the next week, I did a uh, sketch of Pizza Rat on Inside the Actor's Studio. Ah, very uh, fun. And bring your own, what does the T stand for? Uh, team. Ah, gotcha. And then I have the Squirrel Puppet doing Tippy Toe Cosplay. Nice. Of course you do. Nice. All right. Oh, Let, let's do this. this. Oh, you also have the snow owl. <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget the snow owl. Okay. Let's get to this. We're going to get these questions. Okay. I know it. Yep. And, and if you want to read them as the snow owl talks or however you want to do uh, it, that's fine. Don't I'll put just that on him. Myself. Make it more complicated. Okay. okay. And let's just say the the focus of this quiz is 1970s television, something we have almost no knowledge on. <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> 70s television with a comics connection. Exactly. Oh, this, oh, oh, Justin, okay. Justin, come on. Yeah, even harder. It, right. <laughs> this question is the one question in the quiz that I did not know about before putting it together. Oh, great. Okay, great. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> it turned out, because we've talked a bit b- before about how in the 70s we had the animated Archie cartoons. Yes. Well, it turns out that in the 70s we had two live-action Archie pilots okay. that did not okay. get picked up. So in 76, and it wasn't Filmation doing them. It was another company doing them, even though by 76 when the first one was done, uh, Filmation had been doing live action show for shows for a couple of years. Another company did it, and it was just called Archie. It was a simple half-hour pilot. Didn't get picked up. Mm-hmm. Two years later, uh, the Archie cartoon goes off the air. Mm-hmm. So ABC contacted the makers of the pilot from two years earlier and asked for a second pilot. Wow. Okay. Uh, which was a... Jump- Bit of a genre mashup, uh-huh. a very seventies genre mashup. Okay, okay. Is, and the question is: Okay, so <laughs> He's the title up on it. Okay, the title of this show is the Archie Blank 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 Show. If you can work out the two, 
if you can work out the two genres being mashed up, you'll know the show. What is it again? The Archie blank 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 blank. So it's four blanks, two Shout genres, four blanks. If Josie we mention individual words, wait, what did yeah. you say, yeah. Pete? Archie, Josie, and the Pussycats. Is that in there? No, nope, no. Nope. There's it's, genres. It's the, two, it's the two genres. Yeah. Good times, happy fun, great hour. oldies. Well, one of the genres, Archie could, I mean, well, both of them you should be able to guess. One of them is, at, before Riverdale, what genre would you expect an Archie show to be? Oh, murder fucking. <laughs> no, before, before Riverdale. Before no, Riverdale. I, Riverdale. I, yeah. oh, uh, right. Teen, teen fun. Teen comedy. Hamburger. Musical oh, variety. You got comedy. Comedy. So you got one of the four blanks. Musical? Music? I'm going to Ah! That's the other genre. So oh, okay. comedy and music the variety. The very 70s one. Now, what kind of comedy were shows? Um, <laughs> uh, situational. The Archie Situation Comedy Musical Variety Show. Wow. Oh, really? Oh, what a mess. Oh, yeah. God. And Archie. Chick was the oh. star of that, right? Yeah, the yeah Chick wasn't in it. Chick Wait, is Archie Musical Variety Sitcom. Situational it would be comedy. short sitcom segments, musical numbers, and then host segments on like a set. So like think like Donnie wow. and Marie, but Archie doing it. Huh. huh you, can crazy. You, you can find a, I mean, it, it looks like a 17th generation VHS copy, but you can find it on YouTube. All right, I, I right. could not get too far into it just because, like I said, the video quality was terrible. Well, I think now, we aced that question, though, Kevin. Yeah. That, okay. I'm very excited. Yeah. Now, I will say that they got the entire cast back. There were three people on it who might you might recognize. Real quick, is this the eighth question, or is this like sort of no. another sub-question? This is just like a, a fun fact. Okay, oh, we nice. can't get <laughs> All, right. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, Susan Blue, who became a voice actor and director, and is, mm -hmm. I mean, I think her career is still going. Um Betty Cooper was played by Audrey Landers. Okay. okay. Who became very famous, probably most famous for uh, being on Dallas as Afton yeah. Cooper. No relation. Okay. And then Archie's dad had another pilot in contention that season that got picked up uh, by CBS and basically turned him from being one of those, oh, that guy actors into, uh, you know, into a famous name, Gordon Jump, who yes. that season got WKRP in Cincinnati. Wow. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, that's a show I've watched. Yeah. So if this had got picked up, you know, who knows if he would have been able to do both. Oh, wow. Would have killed it. W. And then what would I have watched once or twice <laughs> in my life on a Sunday <laughs> when I was five? <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> wait, okay, just real quick, thing, you seem to be revving up for a new question, or is it more yeah. fun facts? Oh, no, this is a new question. Oh, okay, great. All right. So we're on to question eight. Okay. So great. I feel in, warmed in up based on that last question. I feel very warm now. Very yeah. hot. Even. Okay. S sweaty, even. Sweaty. So, thick. Yeah. Thick? Yeah. What are we talking let about? Him, let him talk. <laughs> let him talk. So in the 70s. In the late 70s, Hanna-Barbera was doing a gear up toward uh, getting into live action. Mm. And 
one of the examples of that was they did a pair of basically specials of their own, except instead of being two years apart, they were shot back-to-back and aired on consecutive weeks, of Legends of the Superheroes. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They are very much of their time in all the worst ways. Okay. Um, The first one was basically an action-adventure with the you know, Justice League going up against the Legion of Doom. And the second episode was a roast. Yes. Yes. I remember this, actually. This one I actually know about. Uh, But whatever you're about to ask about, I definitely don't know about. But I know about this so far. Okay. Alex, Alex, it's easy. All I have to do is name the cameraman on camera B (laughs) who shot the roast. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be a lot easier than that. It's it's (laughs) B-cam. Okay. Now the star, the biggest names on it were Batman and Robin, of course. Right. Who, yeah. by the way, were played by Adam West and Burt Ward. Wow. They mm-hmm. came back to do these specials. Besides them, there were thirteen other characters between <laughs> heroes and villains, Kevin, who appeared in both. <laughs> Just name any three. Any three. three. Any three who appeared uh, in both episodes of Legends of the Superheroes. Oh, both episodes of that show, no. Batman. Right, okay. so there were, besides the Batman, Batman and Robin, and I'll tell you right Batman. now, like I said, Batman was the biggest name, so there's no Superman or Wonder Woman. Right. Yeah. Okay. Joker? Hawkman? Nope. Yes. Okay. Shazam? Yes. Well, as Captain Marvel, but yes. Right. And yes. is uh, is it Isis or Ibis? His what? His girlfriend. Isis? I don't, see, I don't that, see remember, that... W- the Secrets of Isis was one of Filmation's mid seventies shows, right? So this was Hanna Barbera, so they didn't oh, have yeah. Isis. Uh, Aquaman, so, no, and that's your third strike. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? There's no strikes. Okay, you here are the that in advance. <laughs> okay, here are the answers: Green Lantern, oh. The Flash, Hawkman, whom you got, Black Canary. Captain Marvel slash Shazam, whom you got. Huntress. Scarlet Cyclone, who was original to this and was also known as Retired Man. It was basically William Shallert doing his old man impression. Then the villains were in both were Solomon Grundy, Weather Wizard, Sinestro, Giganta, Dr. Sivana, and Mordrew. Mm. Oh, I was this ah, close Riddler. to saying Mordrew. Oh, I should have said Mordrew. So, yeah. yeah. I know. Riddler right was there. only in the first episode, oh. and it was Frank Gorshin playing him, and the Atom was only in the second episode. Okay. Um, and there were a few other characters who were just in one episode, but they weren't, like, both. Um, you know, DC characters. All right. Well, it's a shame we hit all those strikes. We're going right, to have yeah, to we take a into, break uh, from the yeah. bunch of strikes there. That's tough. But it means we'll start next time with question nine. All right. All right. Great Kevin, closer. Thank you so much for oh, coming on. This has been quick wait, CBC wait. Yes, tie-in. But... This is the the package that I just received. Oh, wow. Sabrina Clue! Wow, that's exciting. That awesome. Does when you're when you're playing it, does it end right when it's starting to get really good and figure itself out? 
Alex, if you do it right. How dare you? Soon. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Come on. That's a great Kevin, show. it was great seeing you. Thank show. you for coming on. Kevin, great to see you. Yes. All right. So Kevin, see looking good. Kevin, I'll have new puppets. All uh, right. Sounds wait. good. I would never doubt it. See you in five months. <laughs> uh, Kevin, everybody, uh, that oh, was amazing. Come on, come on. Kevin's just that was just uh, truly the detail he the detailed knowledge he has about all that stuff is shocking. Yeah, plus impressive. One I time he sat drink. I Great. see. Good for you. Different one. Uh, one time a when he was, I've been getting very into Martinez's. Yes. I looked in the audience and he had the puppet the whole time, and he was working the puppet throughout the whole show, and it was uh, it was kind of magical. Excuse me, Pete. What are you talking about? I'm talking about one time when I looked in the audience and Kevin wasn't there. It was just a puppet. I got you. Ah, gotcha. Uh, this is from Ramsey over on YouTube. Super interested to see how Why the Last Man TV show updates the comics' very dated gender and race politics. Obviously, we've seen barely any footage from the show at this point. But what do you think? How much are they going to tackle that? How much are they going to change from the comic book? I mean, I think they have to. I think they'll change a lot of it, and I think they have to. That comic went at those issues sort of very specifically. It just the take was of its day, sort of almost yeah. immediately outdated. Um, so I do think it's sort of inherent to the source material, and I think they have to cover all of that. Yeah. Uh, this is from Eduardo over on Crowdcast. Do you find every. Uh, you ever got through genre preference periods of times for comics? If so, what have you been especially into lately? Uh, meaning, like rereading comics from a specific... Uh... Um, either from a specific, I guess we could say either from a specific real-world time period, or if you're like, mm. I'm super into Victorian-era comic books. Uh, pff, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying I am. I'm saying it seems I cool. like you had that at the ready. Seems like, like you were ready to I say mean, that. I don't love it at all. It's just exclusively what I read. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Okay. You just get through that stuff first. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel I, like. Go, okay. you go, Pete. You go. I was going to say, I like to, you know, when I need a little bit of a dose of a nostalgia, I'll pick up the old Eastman and Laird uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it takes mm-hmm. me back to a happier place, you know? Mm hmm. Your youth. Yeah. Um, that's great. Maybe that's a great thing to tuck in your bag when you go um, when you go do whatever you're doing the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You know what's cool is when you share things with close friends and then they use it against you. I think that's <laughs> yeah, an awesome trait. I, I think that's you. the definition of what friendship is, right? That, I'm just giving you a good piece of advice. Yeah. Um, I, I might be we're not, we're not using... If you have friends, don't put them on a podcast and do it with years because they'll use all their shit, your shit against you. It's not using you against you. It's paying tribute to the many wonderful things that are happening in your life, Pete. I, yeah. I hope you die. Pete, you're our Willy Wonka. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not the so first rough. or last time he said that to either. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Pete, you've been like on edge and like super rough the past two weeks. Yeah. I'm going to need you to take some sort of spa vacation. That's right. In the mountains, just for like almost a week, starting on the 30th. If you could start your treatments at exactly 3 p.m. and not be late, that would be really great. That's very very specific response to that question, Alex, and I I love it. That's the improv training. That's my favorite uh, time period is June thirtieth at three p.m. Which <laughs> um, I'm gonna uh, throw out there. I've been really into some sort of like seventies. We've talked about it seventies vibe comics where it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's a little grungy. It's a little. Uh, it's a lot of crime. Just very like. 
sort of uh, people on the run. That those kind of comics, I've been very excited to the, the ones that have found uh, their way into our stack. I mean, similar and maybe um, working off of the same comics, but I think like a late 60s, early 70s psychedelic comic, I feel like visually I'm very drawn to that sort of thing. Artists have a lot of fun with it. I'm thinking of a lot of Rick Remender stuff in yeah, particular. Yeah, um, yeah. scumbag. The scumbag, yeah, but it's good. It's fun to read, something like that. Pete, you have any yeah. answers before we move on? Yeah, I said the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, motherfucker. Oh, okay, sorry. This is from Stray Bullet. Since it's Pride Month, who do you think are some of the best represented LGBTQ characters in comics today? Who are your favorites? I am a big fan of Midnighter. It's also not lost in me that we're a bunch of cis white dudes. Uh, yes, That's good. absolutely. That is true. Um, that is but- true. Favorite LGBTQ plus characters for Pride Month? Um, I mean, Midnighter uh, is, is the first one that came to mind uh, to me because, especially because I've been loving the backups uh, that we um, that we've been reading. Um, and then, you know, I don't love the way that Iceman has been portrayed, and it feels like something they sort of botched in the way they did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one that I sort of want to uh, I want to be better. I want that to be explored more and sort of uh, defined in a way that um, that can we can actually get a handle on the character because I feel like it, it just wasn't. I think uh, I think done in a careful the way. Early takes on it. We're not going to do things. Sin Grace did a good job of realigning yeah. Iceman and figuring out how to get to work as an actual uh, gay character. Uh, versus forcing it in there. You know, we've talked about this incessantly on the show, and this is very side to the question, but whenever anybody asks us this question, my mind immediately goes to reading that issue of Alpha Flight where North Star came out, mm-hmm. which yes. is like getting hit over the head with a blunt object. It's It needed to happen, I guess, to sort of like peel off that Band-Aid very quickly, but... I don't know necessarily that mainstream comics have gotten better about it all the time. Um, Like Brett mentioned, Midnighter and Apollo are great. They're really good. There have been some other really good characters, but often it feels like even now, these characters, the major thing about them is their sexuality that they're like, mm-hmm. hello, I am a gay character. First, I have whatever else. Second, a couple of people in the comments are mentioning Joe from far sector, which yeah, is amazing. Great. Uh, and then Kay Jemison has been a fantastic job of writing her. So there's definitely been steps forward there. Um, but for a lot of it, for the better stuff, I think you need to go not to necessarily Marvel or DC for superhero characters, but for more authentic stories elsewhere. Yeah. There's some I- good, uh, Batwoman, I thought, was done pretty well mm-hmm. for a while there, where it wasn't the central focus, but it was just an aspect of her character. Yeah, I think uh, one of the reasons that, like, for me, uh, Midnight and Apollo is one of my favorite couples is just because uh, love is love, and they they fight really hard for each other, and uh, it's beautiful, regardless of what you're into or who you're into. So uh, that, to me, is what is done really well. But uh, right now, we're reading a book... Um, and I'm completely blanking on the name, but it's uh, it's kind of like uh, it's not ElfQuest, but it's really like animated in a, a way. And there's like a great couple in there who do a good job of fighting for each other and giving each other space in their lives. And I think a really good way. Do you guys uh, know what I'm talking about? It's I, like a uh, the oh my god, are you thinking of wind? Yes, wind. wind. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wynn does have some really good representation in there. Uh, the other one recently from DC, Crush and Lobo. Um, I thought that was actually pretty good. Yeah, That was sweet and fun as well. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. Uh, like Stray Bullet mentions in here, the best part of Joe is that her sexuality was background to her character and it managed to blend in and seamlessly. It's just part of who she is without exploiting it. And I agree. Like, it's been a long time coming. I do think DC is trying really hard this month to do the right thing, which I think yes. is great. Um, and we'll see if it sticks potentially. Um, but, you know, it, it's good to see the step forward because the comic industry is glacial, as we know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, Nelson over on YouTube says, did you guys hear about Transformers 7 Rise of Beasts? Hinting at a Beast Wars live action, wow. perhaps? Can it work? What do you guys think? It's not so much hinting as, yes, that is exactly what they're doing. It is a strong hint. Yes. And Justin, yeah, I mean, you love the Beast Wars, right? That was your I love the, the Beast Wars TV series I thought was great because it took something that was like felt like a pitch for a toy line and added all this sort of like big philosophical uh, information. And like the narrative was about them sort of def trying to define what they were and what it means to be like an animal, or a robot, a robot that becomes an animal. Like all that stuff was it was so heady. Um, so, yeah, I really love that. I don't know if that's going to work in the feature, the Transformers canon uh, feature film world, but I, I'm here to, if they can draw on that, I'm here for it. Pete? Yeah, I, I cool. I liked, uh, I thought Bumblebee was good. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, they're aiming to do the same sort of thing, where it's not Michael Bay, they're doing it not out of continuity, not in continuity exactly, sort of as its own thing, okay. um, is the idea. Uh, apparently, a lot of the movie takes place in Brooklyn in 1994, oh, which feels like a very specific, yeah, very specific way to be like, how can we use Sabotage by the Beastie Boys specifically? Yeah. <laughs> No way, but doing that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't care about any of this stuff, but I guess if it's fun, I'll watch it. So wow. that's fine. Well, bottle that answer up and yeah, apply it to anything. Just, uh... <laughs> I just can't it, emotionally get into Transformers. I've had fun watching some of the movies and stuff, but there's something about Transformers that it's like more than meets the eye. Are it you worried because the robots are in disguise? <laughs> like, why Why aren't they honest with me? That's what yeah. I want to know. Most... They're liars. Yes. <laughs> That's cars are called. cars. Cars <laughs> should be cars. <laughs> robots should be robots. Well, how do they eat? What do they eat? Where does that go? What's going on with that? Cast. Alex, they cast. Energon cubes. Come on. What are you talking okay. about? Oh, so sorry. I've never seen a Transformers movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love these Energon cubes. This is delicious. Thank you so much. I'm Optimus Wait. Prime. But do they also have gas? Yeah, do no. they do they take gas? Do they eat gas? No. I here's the thing that I do love. Uh, my favorite Transformers thing is the Transformers ride at Universal Studios. Oh, here we go. I love that so much. And my one quibble with that is at no point does any of the characters explain whether they eat gas or not. No. <laughs> Very specific. Welcome to Transformers the ride. Me, a gas-eating robot named Optimus Prime. Anyway, please sit down as you'll slowly ride up. Optimus, give me your gas. I'm Megatron. I love to eat it. This is a new low for us, I think. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a high. I'm a high and a high right now. <laughs> wow, Pete, you have a lot of tension in your shoulders. Anything going on you want to talk <laughs> about? I, you're oh lucky we're not in the same fucking room right now, man. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to you letting out 15 years of podcasts in the mountains yeah. somewhere. That's going to be great. <laughs> uh, this is <laughs> now that vaccination rates are going up, has Pete had a chance to explore Philadelphia comic stores yet? If so, what is his impression of the Philadelphia comic scene so far? Yes, uh, Pete. Give yeah, us the, I, the I got to do that. I got to do that. I've been... Uh, prioritizing cheesesteaks and not comic books. So I need to switch gears for sure. Yeah. To be fair, I've been really enjoying the continuity in cheesesteaks lately. (laughs) It's ironclad. Uh, They had a crossover event with hamburgers. That was wild. Yeah. Sounds too much. (laughs) Sounds too much. Yeah. One cheesesteak is technically too much for a human. (laughs) Have you, I, I mean, I haven't been to a physical comic book store other than I, I think we talked about it in like whenever Here's Negan came out was the last time I've been to a physical comic yeah, book I store because it went, went in and it was a terrifying experience. Uh, mm. Justin, have you been back at all? I have not. And it's funny. I, I'm i like, I forgot. I sort of forgot to do that. I, I want to go. Yeah. I need to go. Yeah. I also just haven't been in, into Manhattan mm-hmm. hardly at all. They have comic book shops in Brooklyn, too, just so you know. Well, but I um, usually go to Midtown Comics because they've been uh, nice enough to sponsor the show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. I mean, we will be back there soon because we're going to pick up some gift cards for you all for trivia. So I'm excited to head back and look at comics in person. Uh, this is from Jay Sinison. I know Batman should really never kill, but why does he care if people in the DCU think he's killed? Oh, I see. Yeah. He's all about the reputation. Yeah. Why do you think he cares about other people? Um, well, I think there's uh, there are two re- answers to that question. One, in, uh, a comic book answer, and one, like, maybe a, a, a if he, uh, we were Batman, or if Batman were a real answer. The comic book answer is he has to keep that just uh, loud and, and proud across the board. Like, comic book heroes don't kill, so, like, no one can, and you can't cross that line, because that's the line that... Uh, that we've established and occasionally crossed. And uh, so many comic book stories are driven by that. Um, The real, I don't know if Batman were real. And like, if he, all he talked about was like, I don't kill. I'd be like, sounds like you do kill man. (laughs) (laughs) You're protesting a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, We got one last one here. This is from Scott Carpenter on YouTube. I've also always wondered how you guys used to record the stack podcast. Was it at the pit? Um, mm. yes, you know, this is the most boring thing I could probably bring up, but, uh, <laughs> a lot of our, right. are, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of our back catalog in the comic book club feed got, uh, lost when we moved over to the new platform with minute media. Uh, so I've been slowly trying to go back and upload the old episodes so that they're there so that they're available. Uh, and I got to the point where we're doing live shows today that's how slow i've been going with all of this stuff uh which was oh i see i thought yeah, you meant I, the original live shows like no no way. no 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 no. i'm only back for like i'm not even Pre-COVID. done with 2020 at this point just because yeah. it takes a while to recode everything but uh i had completely forgotten what we used to do if, if everybody actually wants to know is we would get there at six o'clock yep at six o'clock we would tape the stack week and geek, usually some sort of like Riverdale or star girl or something like that podcast right up until seven o'clock when we have the show. 
Eight? No, eight. eight. We would tape. We would tape for two hours. Truly down to like we have to go start the show <laughs> yeah. now. Yes, I would get crazy worried. Yeah, and... he would get stressed. Yeah, it was crazy because we were just so dedicated to being in person, and it's crazy how much that has changed, and we've been able to to work it out. Um, and I that just makes flashes me back to leaving whatever job I had and racing <laughs> from some <laughs> other part of Manhattan Midtown and running for the subway, texting frantically five away, definitely going to be there. Just absolute chaos. I, I remember you showing up like a, like a Tasmanian devil. And then when you stopped moving, it was always a bunch of comics and then a giant salad. And you would like eat uh, seriously yeah. as you would page through the comics. Yeah, Eduardo says, I remember that there used to be all these cryptic cross-references between the podcasts as they weren't released in the same order they were recorded. Uh, I hate to tell you that still happens. Yeah, <laughs> we've really moved past My that fault. as a creative force. My yes. fault. Wait, I do have a question for you guys, though, and I wouldn't remember this except for the fact that I was putting this stuff up today. What do you? Who do you think the guest was on our last live show before we shut down for pandemic? Mm. I feel like Kevin L- right now. Langston. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yes. Uh, good guess. It was like yes. Yeah. Nice. There you go. The last, and I think it was just me and Justin there for some reason. You were not there, Pete. Yeah. Uh, it was just Langston. The show before that, the last one that all three of us were at, uh, was Hurricane Helms before that. Yeah. Yes. Well, I remember that because the last, one of the last things I did before pandemic started was go to the Barclays <laughs> Center with you two and drink giant beers. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. fun Super spreaders. Uh, all right, folks, we are going to move on. I wish you hadn't said that to our next section, <laughs> which is trivia. For that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. This is the and part Pete, can I mention something beforehand? Is that okay? Yeah, I was hoping you were going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll me and then you... stopping me, and then you talked, and even though you said you were going to do this. Yes. He did say I was going to turn it over to Pete LePage, and then he turned it right back over to yeah, Alex. Right, exactly. <laughs> Pete, can you turn it back to me? Uh, so uh, what we're going to do, we're going to try and do a new thing. Uh, this week, Pete is going to invite somebody on the show, but going forward, we have a Google form that you all can fill out to apply for a chance to do trivia. We're just going to book you in advance. It'll make it a little easier on us in terms of getting your information so we can get you the Midtown gift card. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop the Google form here in the comments section on YouTube and Crowdcast. We'll also tweet it out if you're listening to the podcast later at Comic Book Live. Uh, But fill it out. We would love to have you come on. Uh, It'll just sort of streamline things a little bit. But uh, for the last time, Pete, do a first hand up guy. All right. So this part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free dollars in the form of an online gift card to Midtown Comics. All we need is a first hand up or a, hey, I want to participate on the tube or the cast. And so, yeah. Oh, this is great. I'm going to miss this. And now we, now that people are booking appointments, we'll, we'll have some real... Uh, we'll really get the people in here. We'll get some people from all over. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We'll see what happens. Book uh, appointments. If, if anybody, if you're over on YouTube, just say me or hello or raise my hand or... Oh, uh, Corey says, I'll do some trivias on YouTube. Corey, all, all right, right, you got it. All right. So all right. there you go. So, Corey, all you have to do, you're going to be on a little bit of a delay, uh, but just type the answer in the comments, A, B, or C. Here we go, Pete. All right, here we go. Today's trivia. Oh, Pete, really quickly, I, I just wanted to say something. No, I didn't. Go ahead. 
<laughs> Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Peggy Lipton. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. There is a new horror comic called Human Remains, where the mm. monsters hunt humans by their blank. Is it A, by their smell? Or is it B, by their emotions? Pick B. Or is it C, Isaac Hayes? So it's mm. either A, smell, which would make sense, or B, emotions, which seems harder to do, but is actually the correct answer. Ah. Okay, so, and now we, and now we wait. <sighs> yeah, now see, we wait. this horror comic scares the shit out of me because they say the stronger the emotions, the easier it is to find you and hunt you down. I would You're be dead. dead in seconds. You're dead, son. Corey also, says the B. Nice. He is correct. Yeah. yeah. Great job. Also, the shouting, Pete. You'd be easy to hunt because of the shouting. But yeah, that's also true. Here we go. Question number two. In the new DC comic book, Black and Gold number one, where does who I'm sorry, who does Wonder Woman visit? Is it A, her mom? Is it B, Justin's mom? Or is it C, John Witherspoon? So it's either A, which is the only one that makes sense, or you could pick B and upset Justin. Here's the thing that you don't know is Wonder Woman and I share a mom. Oh, that explains a lot. That's why you always have like these things on your wrists all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Ting, ting. (laughs) You're the Um, hippie version of uh, Wonder Man. That's right. I'm Wonder Man. I was built. I was made out of clay. What was his (laughs) name? What was that character's name? The Wonder, Wonder Man? Yeah. Her brother From that... Marvel? Oh, oh, oh. No, no, no. Oh, A? Corey A is correct. Oh, okay. A nice is correct. Nice Last job. one. Here we go. Newsarama did a poll for Marvel's best story of all time. What was number one? Was it A, Civil War? Is it B, Infinity Gauntlet? Or is it C, Chris Rock? Mm. So it's mm. either... A Civil War, don't pick it, or it's B Infinity Gauntlet. Of course, I'm glad that checks out because that's the one. I mean, I hope it's the right answer, but um, we'll never know. While we're waiting for Corey, is your secret quiz about I'm going to get you, sucker? That's, that's right. That is correct. The 1998 hey. cult classic. Mm. I'm going to get you, sucker. Alex, I don't know if we often answer the secret quiz before we answer the regular quiz, Listen, but I like your economy of time. That's what I'm trying to do, man. Just trying to fill Tied time until we die. Well, <laughs> let me say my pick for next week's comics Oh, is... B. Does Corey say B? <laughs> B Corey says is B. correct. Yes. All right. Corey, congratulations. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. We will get you a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. As a reminder, if anybody does want to do trivia, if you think you're going to be here at any point in the future, we have a Google form that we dropped in the comments here on Crowdcast and YouTube, or we will tweet it out. Fill it out. We would love to have you on for trivia. We'll just Sign up. You. Sign up. There we go. Now, as we all know, comics coming out all the time. What are you looking forward to, Pete? <laughs> oh, I tell you, a lot of great stuff uh, mm. coming out tomorrow. But uh, the one I'm very excited to talk about is Something is Killing the Children number 17, mm. as well as Homesick Pilots number 6. Don't take mm. my shit. You know that's been the Dude, book I've been they championing. Took shit to another fucking level in that comic, and it's unbelievable. What um, about you, Justin? I am going to give it up for 
Fantastic Four, Life Story 2, the 70s. It's a theme for today's show, the 1970s. Um, written by Mark Russell. And really, um, Marvel's been doing this, uh, not a series, but this sort of um, uh, format of a book where they take uh, characters and sort of run them through the decades. You know, the Spider-Man that I think Chip Zdarsky wrote, yeah. um, Spider-Man Through the Decades. Very cool. You get to see your character sort of age up. And this one really, like really liking this and the way they push some of the fantastic four story points that you know about, but you never see them go all the way with that's all yeah. I'll say. So I don't spoil I it, but I am excited about this book. I knew you would be. And, uh, I I'm, I'm glad they tackled some of the issues, but it's yes. heartbreaking ending. Well, we don't know that because it comes. We don't out know tomorrow. that. Yet. Yeah. It, it hasn't come out yet. And it's, and also it hasn't ended yet. <laughs> <laughs> for sure that i'm looking forward to straight dogs number five from image comics oh, we have been Come so on, hurt what and terrified and into this incredible don bluth meets murder mystery about oh dog God. series it's wrapping up took a issue turn five tomorrow so well we don't know that yet pete we right? don't know that no, we. Don't. I love that Eduardo earlier in the podcast issue. was like, "Man, you guys used to do stuff out of order all the time." Yeah, <laughs> and now well, we've really figured that out. We've we really, we really grown Not up. This issue. I'm looking forward to that. And folks, I'll tell you what. That is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Dave Baker and Nicole Gal for being on the show. Check out everyone is Tulip. Coming out June 30th from Dark Horse. Next week on the show, we're going to have Jordan Morris is going to be here. Talk about yes. Bubble, the graphic novel comic book adaptation of his hit podcast. Also, Ram Z is going to be here to talk about story worlds. A couple of other things that we want to plug. Candyman, a Sweet Tooth podcast, has wrapped up for the season, but we have a bunch of great interviews for you guys that I believe we mentioned before. Jim Bickle, yeah. the showrunner, and Burrell, the EP of Team Downey, also came on. Great interviews. Definitely check them out. Had a really good time talking to them. Marvel yeah. Vision, our Marvel podcast, is in its own dedicated feed, recapping Loki. we got the first two episodes up already. Go check that out, as well as putting more things there. Also, we had a special episode of Star Guys, a Stargirl podcast talking about the Season 2 trailer. What's up? That you can check that out. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this show. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, three, two, one, good night. Yeah. Uh... Thanks, everybody. Take care of yourselves. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. Engineering your success.